Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, everyone. It's me, the Grill Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News in the Morning with my main man, CJ, who is working the airwaves, making sure the broadcast coming out crispy and clean. You know what I mean? Check us out, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News and Rogue News on every single podcasting app from Apple, iTunes, all the way to Google Podcasts. You can find us everywhere. And with that being said, we have the man of the hour who needs no introduction at this point. It is the one, the only. John Singleton is with us, folks. Uh, John, welcome back. Lots Thank of things you. going on. You are fresh, hot off a trial, man. Yeah, I just finished. I, I just kept my catch my breath still. <laughs> you know how? Oh my god! I just put that attorney in her place. She Dude, was uh, like John. But you're John just crushed. Oh. John, John just crushed an unemployment attorney in New York City. John was uh, representing a client. He absolutely massacred this crazy psychopath. I mean, blood was coming out of her neck. It was spewing. It is unbelievable. No, she needs therapy now. She was crying at the end of the hearing. She goes, but Judge, can I? You know when you make closing arguments, one person says and one person says? She wanted to say more. Yeah. And the judge says, look, I'm sorry. I can't help you. <laughs> Unreal, man. I tell you. Unreal. John, lots are going on. Lots happening. Uh, I don't know where you'd want to begin. But, um, geez, man, I think right now we are facing energy crisis like never before, inflation like never before. And I think right now is a better time than any other time before in American history where people need to rediscover entrepreneurship, which was <laughs> something that made this country great, that made this country unique amongst all nations. Because the advent of, or the early years of the United States, pretty much everybody was a business owner, you know, so. I don't know where right. you want to begin, man. I mean, there's a there's a lot to talk about. Uh, at least the good thing is that for most states, this whole COVID bullshit is over. We have a uh, monkeypox on the horizon. <laughs> That's so amazing. I see it as entertainment these days. It's it's amazing. You know what I'm thinking, John? I think uh, I think more and more evidence coming out. Monkeypox is a reaction to people who've already been vaccinated by the COVID vaccine. Yeah, okay. It wouldn't that would surprise me. That would make sense. There's yeah. some, yeah. Would not Probably. surprise me one bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, uh, the conversation I'm finding that I'm having with many people are, it's looking like we need to have a new society. Like, there's the people that understand what's going on, and then there's the Muppets. Yeah. And so we're kind of have to, but the Muppets have been sitting, they're sitting on our resources. Yes. Right? Yes, exactly. So, so what do we do? Well, we just have to be our same old self. We have to be our entrepreneur. We have to think. We have to collaborate like you and I do. I mean, you and I can go out in the world and just make deals with people. And we have the idea that um, we can make money and we can serve other people uh, and we can get along. Whereas the Muppets just are stuck in the world of, 
I need my government benefits and where do I wait in line for the next job? And that's all they know. Yeah. So here's our problem. Uh, I could uh, set up a business or something, but then where do I get my resources and who do I hire? So this is, I think, our big question. Uh, we need to have land that we have use of. And, and I just bought a bunch of land and I'm going to create a deed, deed restrictions on it. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to make it into my own township. It's going to make its own water, energy, and all these things. This is nothing new. This is easy to do. You know, it's nothing miraculous. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people need to move in that direction or join people that are in that direction. But also consider, here's the one thing I always go to. What the heck do you do in an environment where you can't get supplies of things that you absolutely need, like that part for your car or that part for your AC unit we, we spoke about before? Uh, I think we need to be in a position to make that stuff. What do you think? Absolutely, man. I, I think uh, the, a lot of these things have to be created uh, on our own. And I think, you know, with the, with the advent of 3D printing, a lot of this manufacturing could be done on our own. I mean, it's getting to the point, John, where I think even looking at aspects from the health realm, I think there's, 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 there's going to be opportunities there in, in terms of natural supplements, growing the necessary herbs, that you need for immune system uh, functions, for um, ailments and whatnot. Uh, I, I, I think the more we decentralize, the more, um, you know, self-manufacturing, self-sufficiency that we do, the better off we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, I mean, the supply, uh, like this morning, it was a, it was a major news with uh, the, the European Union has decided to finally close in their circular firing squad and shoot them all and shoot themselves with, right? <laughs> they have decided to do a partial ban on Russian gas, which will go to a full-on ban of Russian, you know, petroleum and hydrocarbon products, which will do nothing but create starvation and and uh, and, yeah. and absolute economic ruin within Europe, which doesn't even benefit anybody. Even the morons over at the World Economic Foundation, because these are idiots who think that they have all this nascent talent within the countries that they that they uh, yeah, right. you know that they govern. So. You know, thankfully, the U.S., thank God the founding fathers have put these laws in place, were able to buffer much mm-hmm. of the tyranny. Because if we were, if we did mm-hmm. not have those things in place, my God, right. we would be just like the European Union. Right. We'd be like that moron, Justin Trudeau, who ran, who runs for election like 20, 30 times. He's elected every <laughs> single time. He has like 300 scandals going on in any given week. And somehow this idiot is still in power. And via edict, he just basically banned high handguns in, in Canada. This is like insanity, man. Well, they want to they make our lives as difficult. When I say they, I mean the people behind the, the show you're watching. Right? They want to make our lives as difficult as possible. So, of course, starving us out, cutting off the fuel, jacking up prices artificially is going to really hurt a lot of people. And then people just be angry. And then all they talk about is who to blame. Yeah. My son goes to jujitsu, and and so I asked him once in a while. He's sixteen, but he talks to everybody there. There's like thirty. That's people there. toxic masculinity. You're you're encouraging yeah. him. I am. I to am. engage in toxic masculinity, I am. John. I totally am. Yes, <laughs> I am a corrupter of the youth. Yeah. So I, I ask him, what's the word? What do people talk about? Because you know people talk about stuff when they're waiting for the you know the 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 guy to come in right the the sensei whatever, yeah. and and he goes yeah they're all complaining about gas prices and they're all blaming the president or whatever. But I said, is that it? I mean, do they are they understanding that this is by design to create another situation of it's leading to something? No one's talking about that. He goes, no. And he's 16 and he understands what I'm talking about. He he can have this conversation with us. 
He like he'll come to me and say, "Hey, Dad, did you hear this?" He knows stuff that I don't know. I'm like, "No," and he he understands the interpretation of what's going on. So I think I've corrupted him. Hmm. But yeah, people blame each other and they don't understand what's going on. They want to make it to where you can't exist in society, and this is what we're talking about. You can't live in in the society the way we've had it. We people like us are. Our, we're the target. They want us to be excluded from society. Well, okay, fine. I don't want to be with the idiots, but okay. If, if, if I'm not, that I don't have access to resources. Well, then I guess I have to figure out how to do that. So one thing is I need to be, be able to make things locally. I need to also find resources. So for example, maybe I need to go around and look and fi find uh, car parts, or I need to find uh, a big mound of trash that the, the county put aside, right? Because we, we don't actually recycle the trash. We tell people recycle it, but we put it in a big mound and we stick pipes in there and we put sod on it and let the methane out and it just sits there for decades. So if we go over there and grab those raw materials, we can make things. I watched some people on the internet on YouTube, they're making um, fuel and they're making other products out of waste plastic. They're making fuel. There you go. One, one guy was making gasoline off of, get, get this, grass clippings that he got from his lawnmower. So he cuts the grass, takes the grass clippings, he ferments them, he has a recipe, and he turns around, makes gasoline out of it, and puts it back in his mower. Yeah. Wow. In his garage. Yep. So I'm not saying this is the answer. I'm just saying we need to commandeer the resources we've let everyone else take from us and let them speculate on, on the stock market to our detriment. We've been tolerating that for decades. We just have to stop doing that. Yeah, exactly correct, man. Exactly correct. John, you know, um, legally, you know, there's a, a lot going on as well where you have uh, people that have suffered greatly and economically at a, such a great state, uh, especially in these blue areas. You know, mm -hmm. they've, they've suffered a lot because of lockdowns, loss of jobs. Uh, what are some of the things that people can do, uh, economically speaking, in terms of uh, creating some cash flow or some business ideas? If you could rehash some of that for us, that okay. would be awesome. <laughs> well, I, I like to – I drive around my neighborhood, and I see opportunity like everywhere I go. It's annoying because I can't do anything because I'm too busy with other things. you know. But if you ask me that question, I would just say the go-to, if you've never done this before, the go-to is to get involved or do something that someone else has already done. Why reinvent the wheel? So here's an easy way to do it with keeping your hands clean, right? Go uh, on the internet and find a business that's selling things that you can sell. So it's drop shipping the things. You don't have to put them in your garage. It's already operating. It already has cash flow. It already has customers. It has a shopping cart website, all this, and it has it's for X dollars. So the question is, can I buy it? And I'm not talking about a quarter million dollar expense. I'm talking about $7,000, under $20,000. If you guys can't find that, can't help you. I mean, come on. You got to have a credit card or your grandma's credit card or something. You can get the money to buy a, bit, a business, and lots of times you can get the seller to finance it. You literally can get the seller to lend you the money to buy his own business. Wow. And I would start with that. So cash flow. If I'm going to buy – let's say I want to buy a liability. Let's say I need – I want to have a Harley-Davidson, which is a complete waste of money. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to you guys that like Harley-Davidson out there, you know, but I would never buy a Harley. But if I wanted to – I would first buy a website online that sells like women's jeans, okay, that nets 2200 a month. Mm. I would buy that, and a couple of months later, I would use the cash flow to buy myself that Harley-Davidson, and I would get the best of the best. There you go. It offsets the liability, yeah. John, one time th there was a client that you were working with. This is several years ago. Um, this is the gentleman that was shopping around for a business. Uh, he, it was a, some sort of a tech company that he purchased <laughs> for not a lot right. of money. Right. And it turned out right. to it, – it, it's 
literally <laughs> turned out it was like generating, I don't know, like 50 grand or 20 grand or 100 grand a month, something like that. Okay, this guy was 26 years old, and yes. he's just a young guy thinking, okay, what do I do? He likes my videos. He's like, show me. So I, I showed him. I showed him how to buy a $7,000 or $8,000 business online. Well, this guy goes and buys a business that was a quarter million dollars, and he didn't spend a dollar of his own money. That was the shocking thing. Wow. He got the seller to lend him 40% of the purchase price. That was like 230000 $230,000. And he got a commercial lender. And the, the, the way he got the commercial lender is I hooked him up with a broker. So I did at least – I did that much. But this guy did most of the work. So he went and found uh, the broker. The broker got him a, a commercial lender now, commercial lender that did use his personal credit. Now, in his case, he had really good personal credit. You don't need good personal credit. It just made it easy for him. He got the loan, 60% from the bank, 40% from the seller. Day one, he was netting 13000 a month. It was a tech company. And so he said to me, in the beginning, he spent about 20 hours a week running that thing. And then it dialed down later. You know, so he, I don't know if he still has it. I have to ask him. Um, and, and I asked him, what effort did it take to get that business? Because he said to me, he said, you know, I tried this six months ago and it failed. I tried to buy a $12,000 website and I, it didn't work whatever the, the seller didn't want to sell me or whatever it was. He goes, I was going to call you. And I, and I realized that if I called you and told you that I knew what you would tell me. And he was right. He said, I knew that you would tell me to go do it again. <laughs> and he did. He just said, I'm not going to call John. I'll just go do it again. So he tried it again and it didn't work. It was another one. It failed. So then he found this tech one and it worked. That's when he called me. And yeah. uh, I said, so, so how much effort was it? He goes, I said, if you were to compare this with the application process to getting a home mortgage, a liability. And guys, if you, if you have a mortgage and you live in a house, that's a liability. It's also an asset, but it's not yours. It's somebody else's asset. So if you haven't heard that before, <laughs> look it up. So um, he said, it's about the same effort to get a mortgage for my house as it was to buy this quarter million dollar business that pays me $13,000 a month. Hmm. So think about it. Don't think that you can't do it because you, like me, are going to be willing to stand in line at Disney World and wait 30 minutes, 45 minutes for a ride. I've done it. I will fill out loan applications. I've done it. I will fill out, you know, I will do the tedious things that it takes to incur a liability, to waste my time. Okay. So if we've all done that, we're practiced at this. The only difference is let's take that same skill and go buy an asset. It's not hard. And, and get a broker to help you. So what's in your town that's going to be around? What's in your town if the lights go out or the trash get, doesn't get collected? That's a lot people don't realize. Oh, they're going to turn the power off. I better store food. Okay, what if they don't turn the power off and they stop collecting the trash? <laughs> what kind of chaos is that going to create? You know? Yeah. So the reason why I mentioned it like that is because you, you said, okay, John, so what, what can people do to generate cash flow? So here's the scenario. They, they stop collecting your trash. What could you do to make money in that situation? Here's what I would do. I would come up with a mechanism, and I already even have kind of a business plan for this, believe it or not. There's a way to go get that trash. There's a way to use that trash. There's four ways to do deal with that trash than have it collected. You have burn piles. You have recycle bins. And oh, wait a minute. Recycling? No, that's too complicated. Nobody can recycle high-density polyethylene. Oh, yeah, you can. For a couple thousand dollars, you can throw it in a hopper and turn it into something that you can sell without even making something else. Huh? You mean I could be selling my trash instead of paying someone to take it away? I could be selling my trash? Uh, you don't want to deal with that. I'll do it. Now I have a new business, right? Did you guys know that like the, uh, what do you call it? Waste management, this generic waste management name they use, that's a multi-billion dollar international trade. 
collecting your trash is huge money. Massive. It's the biggest export we have is yeah. trash and yeah. recyclables. Yeah. So why, why are you paying someone to take – you paid for the product. You consume the product, but you also paid for the packaging, and you're going to pay someone now to take it off of your property. When you could then – instead, you can collect it with your neighbors, and you can cart it over to a location in your neighborhood and put it into a bin. You could press a button. I, I know I'm simplifying this, but you could push a button and cut it up and shred it up into a, a thing and put it into a package and then distribute it out into the supply chain back to be remanufactured into something else. You don't have to remanufacture it. Did you know you can take a plastic milk jug, put it in a machine that's a desktop, it looks like a printer. You could put your plastic milk jug in a machine and turn it into filament for a 3D printer and print yourself a coffee cup in the same morning. <laughs> that, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so that, innovative so right if, there. If you can't make money in that situation, if you can't see, and if you didn't even know those things I just told you, just guess. I mean, we have the internet until they shut it off, I guess, but I don't think they will. They need it to keep everyone in their in their hypnotic state. So go on the internet and search for crazy things like that. How do how do I how do I find the guy that turns his gas into fuel? <laughs> you know, so so for opportunity, you have no excuse. 95% of the people that formed this country were entrepreneurs. Thankfully, they were all entrepreneurs. I mean, I don't mind working for somebody. I'll do it. I'll be the first to be an employee, but if but if but I'm still going to be an entrepreneur. Like V says, always have a side hustle, right? So I'm always going to be an entrepreneur, even if I'm a full-time employee somewhere. Exactly right, my man. Exactly right. What, what do you see in your areas? Like if you just drive down the street, what what is an opportunity? Owning the car wash in your neighborhood? What do you see? Um, what I can tell you off the bat, man, I, I think um, there are there are opportunities here for – even like you know, power washing is getting big. People don't realize yeah, how I've seen that power washing is a is, is uh -huh. very lucrative. Uh, mobile car washing is getting big. Anything that ha has to do with uh, servicing cars is getting big. Uh, even you know there are, there are businesses that are popping up power washing shopping carts, disinfecting. What them. really? Yeah. Yes, that's a huge opportunity in of itself. That's up and coming. Disinfecting okay. shopping carts and and keeping okay. it clean. There's also because you know people are still paranoid. Especially in these blue states, uh, PPE, personal protection equipment, well, yeah, is okay. becoming a a, a a a big opportunity. What about three D printing masks? You know, they're, they're well, I'm not going to support the fake. I'm not. No, I'm not, I'm not either. Thing, but, but I hear you. I hear you. But for yeah. medical and and and, and sure. sell that to 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 uh, local uh, doctors and hospitals. You know what I'm saying? So the, because th th that's still a a problem that is that is occurring. So yeah, the, the, just uh, some of the ideas. You mentioned a couple of things. Let's say power washing. Some, someone's out there is going power washing. I'm not going to go to someone's house and power wash. I'm not saying you have to do that, but that's a business, right? Well, what if you had a website that brokered out power washing jobs to people that do power washing and you took a cut? I'm not saying you have to be like, uh, what was that one? They, they spend way too much money on marketing. I can't remember it now, but anyways, it, Groupon. Groupon really hurts the the business owner, but, but and it's not that great for marketing, but you don't have to do the heavy lifting. You could book the jobs and you could do it in an automated way. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of ways to make money. Depends on what you want to do. And how do you scale it up? If you're power washing, how do you scale that up? Well, you hire people and then you, you, you book more jobs, you know? So, and what if that's not around though? What if people aren't driving cars? Here's the concept I want to share with everyone. Here's how you think about it. So remember what was it, in the eighties pizza hut started doing pizza delivery. Was that, 
that when it became popular, a new thing. No one ever thought of that before. Yeah, we I think can it was dominoes. Dominoes, yes, yeah. right. Dominoes, and probably in the seventies, we can drive the pizza to your house, right? And then whoever, someone else came along and said, we can do it and guarantee that it'll be delivered hot and within thirty minutes, right? To get people to accept it. Well, then someone took that idea and said, hmm, Pizza Hut delivery, Domino's delivery. What about just delivery in general? And let's let's take that function from that Pizza Hut Domino's and let's make it available to every restaurant and let's sell it to the restaurant. And now we can we can we can expand that business idea. That's a that's a, what an entrepreneur does. He sees an opportunity and he can exploit someone else's idea to make a lot of money and doesn't have to do a lot of heavy lifting. Maybe at first you will. I'm on mute. <laughs> hey, Siege, what, what, what do you think, Siege? Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of what we're witnessing, a lot of the entrepreneurship, a lot of the, the you know, could be at some point, whether it's an exchange of services, but then yet finding a niche or, or something there to, uh, one, one thing that I see that's pretty common is that around here is that everyone seems to have a a garage sale. Every uh, community has its garage sale, right? That's, that's, that's there. Some of them are listed. Some of them are not. Uh, but what about a, a marketplace to be able to exchange those goods and services and take it, take a cut. And then at the end of the day, people have a lot of trash that seems to need to be hauled because we've been accumulating just so many different things, whether it's toys, household goods. And as we go through our life cycles, a lot of that time, I know in my basement, for example, I have a a queen bed. I have an old uh, kitchen table. I have this stuff. I'm going to save it for some reason. I'm going to save it for my kids for the future. Now I'm like, oh shit, like there's no more room for anything down there. So yeah, now right. what do I do? Get a bigger so, house. Get a bigger house. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's what we do though. <laughs> so, you know, finding solutions to help. And 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 I think some companies have, have done that. I think there's one called uh, Fire Dogs. And it's by uh, Firemen. And what they do is they, they, they will come to your house and uh, for usually there's a fee associated with it, but they will take all the items. You'd be surprised how much like Goodwill, the Salvation Army. There's a lot of like goods that they won't take for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. They won't take like desk. They won't take um, entertainment centers like for whatever reason they, they won't. But this stuff has, you know, monetary value. So I, I think there's again, just finding that little. Within your community, there's going to be those little hidden gems that you can get involved in those those marketplaces mm -hmm. and and look for ways and 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 not single not single income streams. Finding a way to, I think, the future potentially could involve multiple different income streams. And the problem with the garage sale is, once you sell the item, you don't have any more. So think about that. If you're going to sell stuff, what does your inventory look like? If I sell a license to use a video, watch a video or a book or something, if I sell an online license, I can I have an infinite amount of those, right? So also keep that in mind. Do I have infinite inventory or something like that? Can I keep on getting my inventory? Yep, good point. I think it's a, I think it's a great example. Um, I was I was actually riding in a car with a client uh, the other day. In fact, I went to, I visited a client in Tampa and I drove to another client and we all had a little powwow. And he was telling me that if his cousin won uh, a, ca a case against it was a tort claim and he got a settlement right out of a, out of a, a, a case and he took that cash what would you do with the eighty thousand dollars he it was like eighty thousand dollars what would you do with that well here's what he did he went and bought two tow trucks a tow truck what what good is a tow truck well you're gonna everybody needs a tow truck at some point man i had a buddy of mine john that <laughs> that bought an old tow truck 
and he would clear thir- between thirteen and fifteen thousand dollars a month. Oh yeah, with that yeah. one yeah tow truck, one tow truck. You would so, not believe. Yeah, the truck is a business. So he, this guy yep. bought two, and he just hired drivers. And they have insurance and bonding and all this. It's all regulated. It's pretty good, you know. And they, yeah, they they were making that kind of money, ten twenty thousand dollars a month with two trucks. And I probably he probably owns more by now. Who yeah. would have thought that? I mean, a tow truck is so simple. Absolutely. I, I, there's other people that I talk to, man. They, a lot of guys are also uh, investing in re- repair shops. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They're literally going up to people who own repair shops. Look, I want to invest in your company. I'm talking about a good, reputable shop, not yeah. your grease monkey, idiot, you know, yep. jiffy lube crap. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like <clears throat> somebody who runs, uh, like I'll give you a case in point. Um, there's there's a gentleman that I know that runs a very proficient speed shop, very talented uh, technician. He does a lot of uh, specialized builds. He, you know, he deals with Porsche. He deals with uh, high end cars, and. Um, you know, he's actually working on one of my, my one of my track cars and stuff, and he, he has investors like investors from like wow. Chicago and around wow. the country that have looked at and goes, hey, you know what? I like the work you do. Wow. Uh, could I invest? And uh, one investor actually bought a, a dynamometer, uh, which is used to test and measure horsepower for cars and and, and whatnot. And that dyno is a mobile dyno that he's able to take from location to location, and they make money on that every time. You know, yeah. these guys just want to, you know, check out the, you know, power or the tuning on their car. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll u- use this equipment. And now there's a, a profit sharing model uh, put out there. You know, uh, wow. there's other guys who now there, you know, there's another investor that came by and said, hey, look, you know, I see that you work on Porsches and Lamborghinis and BMWs <laughs> and Mercedes and whatnot. And you're an Audis. And look, there's a lot of money involved in customizations and, and, and tuning packages. So they got together and said, hey, you know what, you know. They're buying turbochargers and whatnot from like uh, China from the same manufacturer who would make it for the big wigs. They'll slap their label on it, cost them yeah. a couple hundred bucks, right? Right. And they're selling these packages for several thousands of dollars. Yeah. You it's know, a they, huge you demand. For, yeah, it's yeah. a huge demand. You buy them for five, six hundred dollars, seven hundred dollars. You repackage it. You sell it. Mm-hmm. Create the whole the the whole thing. You're selling them for five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars a pop. You're making money hand over fist. It's ridiculous. No, that's going to be big because people are going to keep their cars longer. Look at the example of Cuba. Look yeah. at the old cars, okay? If you go down there, they have brilliant, brilliant classic cars still running on the streets. How? They, there was an embargo against them for, what, 50 years? Still is, maybe? They can't get new cars, new car parts. What did these guys do? Jury-rigged it is what they call it. They yeah. they, they did something. They, they've In some cases, they probably had to figure out how to do their own you know, metal, what do you call it? Metal drip. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Here's another thing, man. In Iran, after the Islamic Revolution, if you go to Iran right now, you'll find American muscle cars. You'll find like, yeah. you know, right. 60s, uh, 69 Camaro SSs, yep. you know, uh, uh, Pontiac Judge, you know, uh, you, you'll, you'll find, uh, I mean, sorry, GTOs. You'll, you'll find the older Mustangs. You find all these muscle cars left over. <laughs> they can't get any parts for it, but you have an entire cottage industry of that, 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 that they're making popped them. up. They're making those parts. Keep and, it and the, a lot of times a metal part can be replaced with a high density resin. Yeah. You, you don't need a metal part. Um, and here's one. I, we always like to do a giveaway. I mean, you and I end up doing that the, every time we do a call like this. So I'm going to share something with you guys. If you like this idea of owning the mechanic shop that you use to take your car to, you pay your mechanic a lot of money, but you trust him and he's going to do a good job and he has a good staff and all this stuff. Why not buy the shop? 
because here's why. Here's what I'm thinking. You buy the shop and then you start adding new services and increase its niche market. So you add, you bring in more niche markets so you can make more money, but don't make yep. more money until you buy the shop, right? Yep. So one of the things you could do is make cars run more efficiently. Who wouldn't want that? Who would not want that now? Exactly. There's a three-step process. <clears throat> you guys can find this. Um, I, I forget what it's called, but basically you can remove the throttle body from the engine. It has to be a gas engine. You take the throttle body off, you carve it out a certain way, and it causes the fuel to turn into a plasma. It's a little bit different than a mist, okay? It's a plasma. And you put it back in the car and it will dramatically increase your mileage. Not 200%, but let's say 20% or up to 50%. There's two more things you can do to the engine, okay? And still keep it in spec, in spec and keep the uh, engine warranty, okay? If you were to bring that in to where there's qualified mechanics and you show them the procedure, they could put together a whole marketing thing for F-150s, sedans, all kinds of specific, you know, like here in Florida, we have lots of F-150s. So I say it that way. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you want to take over a business like that, um, that's what I would do. I would come in there with an idea, a business idea that could possibly make more money. I told my son, who's 16, the other day, I'm dropping him off at jujitsu. Toxic masculinity class. There you go. And here's what I said to him. I said, um, uh, he, he, it's owned by one person. Okay. So I suggested to my son, to, he should, now he works for the gym too, too, by the way. He actually gets paid to help the owner. So he, and he trusts them. So it's like his, he's like the assistant manager, let's say. So uh, I said, why don't you buy into the gym? You understand the business. You have a good rapport with the people that work there. And, and maybe it, it's $50,000, right? It's not a lot of money. And maybe you can finance the 50,000, but here's the thing. The gym wants to expand. The owner wants to get a new location. And I said, why don't you come in there with a, an offer to, to buy into it? So you now are a co-owner with the original owner. Nice. And you then come in there with a new marketing plan, which of course I can help him with in the background and I would probably fund it, right? But still, yeah. he would he would be running that deal and I don't care if he does it. My thinking is I want my children to think that way, right? I mean, if you're asking me, what can we do, John? I'm like, well, there's an idea. Okay, 50 grand. Yeah, that might be a little bit beyond some people, but you can find it or maybe you don't need it. Maybe you just need a better idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That That's thinking out of the box and people don't think that they could do that Reality is, folks, you can. You definitely can. Last but not least, John, uh, let's talk about some of the limitations that people are facing in terms of credit. <clears throat> They're worried about like debt collectors and things of that sort. What's your advice to them? All right. Not to so, be hampered by the fear of all this nonsense. All right. <clears throat> Don't be afraid. But here, here's what, okay, for 30 years, I've been telling people, forget your personal credit. Let me show you how to do things with bad credit. And I do. And it's not that easy all the time. But lately, my, my real estate investor partner up in Atlanta, he's, I was out visiting with him in his office. And he goes, John, everybody wants this stuff. And you know how to do it. And you're not telling people. And I said, yeah, because it's irresponsible. I don't want them to rely on their personal credit. And he's like, but it's not for you to decide. And also, people will pay for the information. So we're like, okay, let's yeah. think this through. So... Here's what we're going to do. We're actually putting a series together, but let me just tell you guys a couple of the things you want to keep in mind. When you go to fix your credit, when you want to use your personal credit, my recommendation is use it for, for buying an asset, but whatever. If you want to fix it, the, the solution is not to write a letter to the credit bureau and dispute an item. That is not going to fix your credit. That will seal your fate. That will not fix your credit. What you have to do first is realize where Equifax is getting its ability to validate the item. Mm. You use the Fair Credit Reporting Act and you send a letter to the other party and you freeze your credit with the other party. 
and then Equifax cannot validate, and then Equifax will have to remove the item. But to do that, you first have to clean your credit by getting rid of all the duplicate information and stuff on your address from 10 years ago and things yeah. like that. Your multiple One, aliases that you've yeah, used. Yeah, all clean stuff. all that up so there's yeah. a small, small, teeny, tiny information <clears throat> footprint. Okay? Then you freeze your score with the background reporting agencies that nobody talks about. There's like nine of them. And then you, then you innocently write to Equifax and say, hey, could you validate this? I'm disputing it. And then they do their thing and they won't be able to do their thing because you just rigged it against them. And they mm. come back and say, well, we had to remove it because we couldn't validate. Nice. So if you have items like that, that's what, that's what you do. Nice. There you go. There you go. And yeah, we'll have, have a series on that. Yeah, we'll definitely need to. We need to do a seminar on that one. Yeah, definitely. Sure. A, a we'll have form letters and all that stuff. And yeah. Uh, But yeah, look, guys, use your credit. Like that one, one example, my one client, he used it to buy a, a multi-million dollar business. I mean, I say multi-million. It was a quarter million, but still, you could you could scale it up. Uh, use your credit to buy assets and then go buy the liability. Yeah. Go go buy, a, I wouldn't say real estate right now, but go buy something that immediately produces cash flow. What I like to do for clients is I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to show my client how to invest in a, in a gold mine. Okay. That's a 20 year deal. All right, you're going to lose a lot of sleep and years on your life because you you know you know you're going to get old fast worrying about your gold mine investment, right? But if you if you buy something for ten thousand dollars or two thousand dollars or a joint venture contract, okay, you can do things for no money. Uh, within thirty to ninety days, you're going to make cash flow, and this is the criteria I always offer my clients. I'm like, okay, if you want me to show you how to create some new cash flow, let's try to let's make our goal the ability to do that within ninety days, because. I'm not going to make you wait a year because you don't know if I'm right. You don't know yeah. if I'm going to. Yeah. So if I can't do it in 90 days, then I should shut up and go do something else. Right. Right. <laughs> or you should fire me. And so you can, you can do these things within 90 days. Yeah. yeah. Very well said. John Singleton, the man, the myth, the legend. John, how can people get a hold of you if they have any questions? What is your well, best a email? Aceofcoins.com is my site, and there's a ticketing system. You can you can submit a question there. Um, there is contact information. There's email. Let me give you my email address. And, Guys, I get so much email. I try to answer as much as I can. I even have help answering my email. Sometimes yeah. when you send me email, it gets pushed down, and I just can't get down there fast enough. Yeah. But it, it is singletonpress at protonmail.com. Singletonpress at protonmail.com. And I know a lot of people, um, they, they want to have information that we talk about. They want to have the technical details. They want to have documentation about things I talk about in one-on-one -on -one consultations with clients. I try to encapsulate those in my video membership at uh, privacyfight.io. I really recommend that. It's a great place to go and, and just learn. I mean, you could so people clients call me up and say, "Man, I've been binge watching your videos for the last three months." Yeah. So that's where you get, you know, and you can listen to them again. So definitely, uh, that's the way to do it to, to, to contact me. Absolutely. Um, I do put up some things on YouTube. So if you search on YouTube for a privacy fight, as one word, you'll you'll find some videos I put up there. This Thursday, I'm doing one on a very boring, extremely boring subject, but it has to do with LLCs and managing financial risk. Some hey. of you guys may want to know about that. Yeah, you might want to you might want to click into that one, folks. I'm going to show you guys how attorneys create financial risk when you have them set up your LLC. I'm going to show you how they do it deliberately and how to wow. get out of it. Yeah. Nice. Very well done. <laughs> folks, again, John J. Singleton, you can find him over at aceofcoins.com, aceofcoins.com, or reach out to him via Singleton Press at Proton Mail, Singleton Press at Proton Mail, and most importantly, go to privacyfight.com. Uh, John has an amazing package over there. You can go browse it yourself. This is not a guy who's a the who sits there and theorizes this stuff. This is somebody that I personally know has saved thousands of my clients from the brink of ruin. This is a guy who's been there, 
done that and got the T-shirt twice. No. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that too, V. Hell yeah. Get some T-shirt ideas. We should. We should. We definitely should. Anyway, folks, thank all right. you all for listening in. We'll be back at 2 p.m. today with Matthew Errett at 2 p.m. So stay locked and loaded right here. And with that being said, CJ, take it away. <laughs>